100 years ago today, raging waters unleashed by torrential rains and snowmelt broke through Pueblo's levees along the Arkansas River, causing one of the deadliest and most destructive floods in Colorado's history. As KRCC's Shauna Lewis reports, it helped shape the future of the city. Welcome to the historic Arkansas River Walk of Pueblo. My name's Anthony, I'll be your boat captain today. Anthony Vigil pilots a tourist boat on the peaceful waterway known as the Harp that meanders through downtown Pueblo. This is the Arkansas River's original channel, the scene of so much devastation back in 1921. Local historian John Corber's father worked for the railroad back then. And he was on the last train, one of the last trains that came in from Salida. And when he arrived in Pueblo, the water was already up almost knee-deep. Corber wasn't born yet, but says his father waded out of the station and made his way home up on a nearby bluff. Well, my mother had been uh, keeping track of things, and she said that they were forecasting more wet weather. She said, maybe you better go down and get your father and bring him up to the house. Corber's grandfather said he'd been through rainstorms before. My grandfather apparently was a stubborn old German, and he says, no, sir, I'm not leaving my house. Within hours, the river flooded into the business district. People ran for higher ground, climbed to the upper floors of buildings, or into trees. Peggy Wilcox helped research the Pueblo County Historical Society's book, Mad River. She says the raging waters carried debris, boxcars, automobiles, and drowning livestock. One of the things the flood victims all said is that the sounds haunted them. There was lots of crashing of buildings falling and people calling for help. The sounds of that night were horrendous. At its highest, the water surged more than 14 feet deep in some places. Fires ignited in lumber yards, launching masses of flaming timbers into the roiling dark deluge. Those fires added to the terror for people. She says the city awoke the next morning to find houses ripped from foundations, shops gutted, bridges torn out, and twisted railroad tracks. The water was still five feet deep in places. Elsewhere, mud piled up, dotted with animal carcasses. And there was the human death toll. Wilcox says initial estimates were around 500, but victims may have been washed downriver or were just never accounted for. We will never know how many people perished. There is no way to know. The local mortuary had to line corpses on Main Street. John Corber's grandfather was among them, identified only by the ring he wore. Although power lines and phones were out, officials sent a telegram north, most likely from the steel mills offices in an area outside the flood zone. Wilcox says within a few days, a work order was issued for men. No idlers would be allowed. Either you volunteered to go work for 43 cents an hour, or they arrested you and you worked for free. Eventually, the Army arrived with heavy equipment. Relief donations rolled in from around the nation. Property damage was estimated to be in the hundreds of millions in today's dollars. The question is not just how much it costs to repair a single structure. That's CSU Pueblo history professor Jonathan Reese. But what you need to do to prevent this from happening again, and what you're not doing because you're spending all that money to repair the damage, when you include those opportunity costs, it's incalculable. It really comes to define, I think, the entire future of the town from that point on. Footing the bill for updating the city's flood protection fell on Puebloans. Engineers moved the Arkansas River Channel about a third of a mile away from its original course where the harp is now, 
and built a massive new three-mile-long levee, as well as a dam upstream to help control water flow. Maria Sanchez Tucker grew up in Pueblo and used to run the Bessemer Historical Society and manage special collections at the library. It's sort of in our genetic makeup if you're from Pueblo because people who have had generations of family members remember what took place. It was an awful experience for many people to go through, but it was also one that shows resilience and how we can come together to support each other during a crisis. Back on the harp, you can see how Puebloans worked for a better future by turning the abandoned former river channel into an asset. The river walk is about a mile and a half long if you were to walk the whole thing, including Lake Elizabeth. And then right across the street, we have our pedal boats. Thanks for coming out today. Please remain seated till we're fully docked and tied up and enjoy the rest of your day. For KRCC News, I'm Shauna Lewis in Pueblo.